0: Well I'm I'm very happy to be here, I'm thrilled to be here because I I was brought here to UCSD to bring more Mexico into San Diego, into UCSD. So while being in this campus closer to Mexico, closer to Tijuana, it facilitates my life. So I'm very happy (laughs) for being here. So let me uh, try to argue, I, I will argue that Mexico is the indispensable ally of the United States. Uh, I'll tell you why and I will try to, uh, to convey my, my message that uh, the two countries where they cooperate it, it is much better for Mexicans and for Americans. This is what Americans, when you ask an American what do you think Mexico means, it's, it is very negative. It's drugs, it's immigrants, it's poverty, cartels, corruption. Yes, there's a little bit of tacos and a little bit of beaches but it's mostly very negative. And this is the words that come to mind when, uh, when you ask an American, what, what is Mexico all about? Now let me tell you that the, at the very high levels of policy making in Washington D.C., and this is a bipartisan consensus, Mexico is taken very seriously. You can tell that President Bush, uh, W. Bush, in September 5th, 2001, he said the United States has no more important relationship in the world than our relationship with Mexico. You've seen him with Mr. Fox and uh, and this is very telling because his first state dinner was for Mexico, for President Fox, not for the British, not for the Germans, not for the Canadians, it was for Mexico, for Mexicans. They were, as we called them the two cowboy friends, one from Texas, the other one from Guanajuato. And uh, then Barack Obama, he used to say the United States sells more to Mexico than to China, India and Russia combined. I will say Barack Obama got it well. He actually, I I, I was foreign policy advisor to President Calderon when uh, Barack Obama was elected uh, in, it was February, November 4, 2008, November 5, 2008, President Calderon placed a call to Barack Obama and Barack Obama told President Calderon, thank you for your call and let me tell you that, I'm very, that, that very soon I'm coming to Mexico City to basically pay, pay tribute to Mexicans because thanks to Mexican Americans I'm going to be President of the United States. He means the Latino vote and he came very early. (laughs) He came very early into into his administration and he gave a beautiful speech at the Anthropology Museum with only Mexican students, about 1,000 of them. It was a beautiful day for U.S.-Mexican relations. Any single high-level Pentagon official will tell you the U.S. is blessed by having Canada and Mexico as neighbors. Take a look at Russia. Russia has 14 neighbors and no one is as stable as Canada and Mexico. Mexico has been very stable since 1910 when we have the Mexican Revolution and this is very telling. Every single intelligence high-level official in the U.S. will tell you, yes, we're blessed by having Canada and Mexico. This is critical for the U.S. geopolitical situation. I'm very happy that... uh, President Biden, he really gets the importance of Mexico. He chaired the high-level economic dialogue between Mexico and the U.S. He asked President Obama to chair that. And he's, he's as Vice President, visiting Mexico in 2016. Uh, he's basically saying hello to the then-presidential candidate, Andres Manuel López Obrador. And, uh, and the first meeting in the White House for Biden was with the Canadians. This with The second meeting in his White House was with President Lopez Obrador and his team. So this is very telling about the importance that he gave to both neighbors and to North America. Let me um, walk you a little bit through migration and border affairs and to trade and investment just to try to make my case that Mexico is, a, an, a, as I call the indispensable ally of the United States. Every single day during the last eight weeks between 200 and 300 Ukrainians are landing in the Tijuana Airport, less than 20 uh, miles from here. And basically they stay in Mexico only for let's say 24 hours. They stay in this shelter uh, and what Mexico is helping is basically preparing them to come orderly into the United States and every day there's about 200 and, and 300 Ukrainians coming through Tijuana into San Diego in a very orderly fashion. Actually, Beth who is here, she asked me not long ago, do you think that uh, the consulate could help me with these Ukrainian friends that are coming uh, all the way from Ukraine? And I told her, I don't think it's necessary because this is fairly simple. There's a lot of Russians coming. Uh, uh, They got it, that there's something happening in the country and last March, there's a record of people being arrested in the U.S.-Mexico border, more than 220,000 people. So Mexico and the U.S., we must have to put our act together to make sure that we have an orderly migration into the U.S. This is, uh, remember, you might remember that in uh, October 2018, uh, we were, the U.S. was having a midterm election and there was an, an enormous, Honduran caravan coming into Tijuana and San Diego. President Trump used to say, they're evading us. This is a picture uh, of the Mexican southern border. Since 2018, no immigrant caravan has arrived into the U.S.-Mexico border because Mexico is basically stopping them. This is a picture in the Mexican southern border There were about 3,000 people from Honduras trying to come across Mexico and they were stopped there. This has been very costly for President Andrés Manuel López Obrador. He's a leftist, let's face it, and he's a populist. And of course a lot of people in his team, a lot of migration activists kept on telling him, why are you doing this? Well, I believe he's doing this because he understands that in the U.S. there's a bipartisan consensus that migration should be orderly, legal and safe. So that's why we're basically stopping migrant caravans there. This is very telling. Uh, As you can tell, the number of asylum seekers in Mexico has grew exponentially. Last year we have more than 131,000 asylum petitions in Mexico. Where are they coming? They're coming from Honduras, from Haiti. Lots from Cuba. Just last month, we have 32,000 Cubans coming into the U.S.-Mexico border. This year, there's going to be about 150,000 Cubans coming into the U.S.-Mexico border. What I'm trying to tell you is that the U.S.-Mexico border is basic is very sensitive to the well-being not only of the hemisphere but of of the entire world. So that's why we must cooperate in the border. And uh, this year. There's going to be more than 150,000 asylum petitions in Mexico. So my message here is that Mexico has really become a buffer zone in terms of migration for the U.S. And we must continue to do this. This is, uh, this is to, I mean, yes, there's a lot of Latinos here. Latinos and Latinas, they have, they have become the number one minority now. and. Uh, in the year 2060, uh, close to 30 percent of the U.S. population is going to be Latino, or Latinx, and uh, about two-thirds of Latinos they from Mexican origin. And what I believe is that these Latinos and Latinas they they going to play a natural role as bridges between Mexico and the United States, as bridges between the United States and Latin America. Nowadays. The U.S. has a Mexi- a, a sent to Mexico an ambassador by the name Ken Salazar. Ken Salazar, this guy here, he's fifth generation Mexican-American. He's from Colorado. He was U.S. Senator. As a U.S. Senator, he met President Biden and they're very close. He was also Secretary of the Interior of President Barack Obama. So he gets a lot of things, he has a lot of contacts in Washington that is very important for a U.S. ambassador to Mexico. And guess what? Ken Salazar has become very close to Andrés Manuel López Obrador. And this is critical at this time because now we're living times in Mexico that we have an imperial imperial presidency. Yes, López Obrador is way too powerful. Uh, There's very little checks and balances, and it's very telling that this... Mexican American guy who gets Mexico, who gets Mexican culture, who is fluent in Spanish. He has been able to get very close to Lopez Obrador. In this picture, this is southern Mexico. They're discussing, we're trying, he's trying to do uh, a sort of cana- Panama Canal in the Isthmus of Tehuantepec. So, see how close the ambassador is to him. So I, I believe that this is very telling about the future of Mexican-Americans and Latinos reaching uh, with Mexico. Just imagine this uh, ever-growing population of Latinos. It would be great if they could retire in Mexico. If they could retire in Latin America, that would make a lot of sense. Let me go a little bit about trade and investment. This is our Secretary of the Economy, Tatiana Cloutier, and basically signaling early this year that Mexico nowadays is the number one trading partner of the United States. It's not China, it's not Canada, nowadays it's Mexico. And, uh, and I believe this is because of NAFTA, this is because of the new agreement, the USMCA, and uh, it's key for orderly trade between the two countries, it's key for increasing competitiveness in North America. These are the states, and as you can tell, all the border states, Mexico is their number one trading partner. And something that is not here, 33 U.S. states, they have Mexico as the second most important trading partner. So for places like Texas, Mexico is way too important. This is very telling. Six million U.S. jobs depend directly on Mexica, U.S.-Mexican trade, almost 700,000 for California, half a million jobs in Texas, and uh, a quarter of a million jobs for Illinois. Yes, Mexico is important and I believe that trade-wise Mexico is by all means the single most important country for the U.S. These are the top U.S. cities exporting to Mexico and uh, San Diego is number nine. And I'll bet you in the next five years, we're going to be in the top five. But we're competing with very important cities like Los Angeles, the largest urban area in the US, or like Houston, which has become the, the fourth largest city in the US. Uh, but San Diego is advancing. This is very important, and this is very important for economists. What this is telling us is that when Mexico exports to the US, 40% of what Mexico is exporting to the U.S. is American products. When Canada is exporting to the U.S., one quarter of that export is American, and when China is exporting to the U.S., it's only 4%. So this is easy. I mean, there's, it's easy to understand that Mexico should be the key ally to the United States. There's so much trade back and forth Mexico, there's so much intra-firm trade that this is what it, this explains. Uh, We already talked about that, that's a little bit of repetition. This is uh, the growth of US-Mexico trade uh, in the last 20 years. It has been increased 240 percent, it's huge now, and this is critical. We all know that there's bipartisan consensus in Washington, one of the very, very few in which. Republicans and Democrats, they believe that they must be tougher with China. Well, that they must reshore some of the economic activities from China to a closer region. This is Mexico. So I will say we should think about ally shoring. That's a new concept. And we should think about just near shoring. We know because of the pandemic, we know because of the geopolitical situation, because we know because the Russia invasion to Ukraine that these uh, supply chains should be closer to the US and no better place than Baja California, just 20 miles away from here. This is Calibaja, uh, what we call Kalibaja. This is our region. And I can tell you that this is the best integrated region in the entire U.S.-Mexico border. And uh, this is basically Baja California and San Diego, and larger San Diego. So we're seven million people. And this is very telling. Every day there's 150,000 people crossing from TJ to San Diego. And uh, there's businesses, for example, when you think Mexicans coming here, Sometimes you think about nannies, about waiters, about uh, people coming to take care of the elderly here. But, for example, uh, uh, there's a lot of US based businesses uh, like Thermofisher, which its headquarters are in Carlsbad. They have a facility in Tijuana with more than 250 Mexican engineers there. Every year, there's 100,000 young Mexicans coming to engineering school in Mexico. Every year about 30,000 Mexicans are graduating from engineering schools. So that's, that complements a lot the U.S. and that's why a lot of businesses could be able uh, to, to profit to have Tijuana and Baja California next door. This is the narrative that we're looking for. We got to see Mexico as a reliable partner. Uh, as a place where there's lots of innovation. Yes, there's music, there's joy. There's of course tacos, we all love tacos, why not? Uh, yesterday we celebrated Cinco de Mayo and uh, uh, I was tempted uh, and I did have a little tequila when I came home after being here and because that's part of the Mexican culture as well. So, we got we to gotta do this. We got to have this narrative about Mexico and I will say that key allies to that is the UC San Diego Blue Line and this Park and Market UCSD. We're closer to Tijuana and I believe that we all will benefit if Mexico and the U.S. become stronger, stronger partners and if we could have a much better narrative about, about Mexico than the one we have now. Thank you very much. Thank you.